ابتدایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی پاس هم روی زمین گشت سردارات بود و توی دروازه سردارات بود گل به نماز بود برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فرد گل توی هرگزه کریم ازداری فرد درگزه پرتفال باز شد علی دایی صاحب توب توی درگزه ازداری یه اشتباه حرکت از کوچان نجات پرسه برو کوچان نجات توی درگزه گل برای ایران Stoppage time of the first half and it's the opening goal of the game. Korea Republic pretty much dominating proceedings up until that point and Hyungmin Sun with too much mustard on that one. Abed Zadeh unable to keep it out. The 63rd minute across the middle and there it is. They double their lead. Kim Jong-won on the end and just like that the side in pink. In cruise control. Hello, welcome back to Gobazan Podcast. My name is Ari Aloverdi. Today I'm joined by my two good friends, Page One Pars and Arya Nurizade. Uh, how are you both doing, guys? Hi, Arya's. Both of you. Let's get it on. Yeah, hi. Uh, thank you for having me on this podcast. Really appreciate it. I'm doing well. Good to have you on as well, Arya, of course, from 29 United. Uh, please uh, go and follow him uh, on, the, on Twitter. Uh, first, we'll be analyzing the Iran versus South Korea match, which ended 2-0 uh, to South Korea. Uh, a loss for Team Mali, the first defeat of the, the qualification uh, for Qatar 2022, and South Korea's first victory over Iran since 2010. Uh, Iran dropped out to second position in Group A uh, with one match remaining. Next, we'll preview the Iran versus Lebanon match to be played uh, on Tuesday. And that match will be played at the Imam Reza Stadium in Mashhad. Uh, the match will be once again without an audience. Also, we will have a short segment with Ali Zinedine from Lebanon Football Guide, who will speak about the Lebanese camp. Also check out Sahan's article on uh, globalandpodcast.com uh, analyzing uh, the Iran versus South Korea match. Okay, guys, so obviously this match, as I said, was a defeat for national team. Um, we'll speak about the first half first. Uh, Pejman coming to you. Um, obviously, we had a lot of players missing. Jahanbash, uh, Kudus, Taremi, Saeed, Zatolai, Muharami. The lineup was a bit of a makeshift lineup for sure. You know, Khalid Zadeh playing at right back, Nur Afghan playing in defensive midfield. The, what are your, your, your thoughts on that? I was really surprised to see Mirad Mohammadi, Ehsan Haj Safi, and Omid Nurafkan all starting. I was ex- expecting two of them, to be honest, not all three, because they more or less play in the same position or similar positions. Uh, so that was kind of worrying because uh, Ehsan Haj Safi have you know, declined in quality and speed. Uh, Nurafkan played out of his regular position. And Mirad Mohammadi, I don't know what's happened to him in the last uh, year or so in the national team. At least he plays regularly, more or less, in Athens. But uh, yeah, uh, it was worrying to see those three start. It means that maybe that we lack depth 
and that's something maybe we'll go into later. Yeah, we'll actually come on to both those points that you made uh, later, uh, Pejmon. Arya, um, like the first half, we actually didn't start off the game too badly. We, we, you know, we were on the front foot the first 20 minutes. We didn't do too bad. There's a couple of times where we tried to win the position back really high up the pitch. I think it was Nurullah. He actually won it. Uh, back in their in their uh, in their half or in their box even, and Hoy uh, Safi was through. Um, should have probably passed it to Polizadeh. She probably should have definitely passed it to Polizadeh. Uh, didn't, and we missed our chance. Um, what do you make of that? So uh, yeah, I agree with what Pejwan was saying. Um, players like Haji Safi shouldn't be starting anymore. Shouldn't even be called up to be honest. And the chance that you just mentioned right now is an example of that. Um, it, the quality isn't there anymore. Eson Haji Safi isn't the Haji Safi he was a few years ago. And I feel like if this was another player, um, maybe, just maybe, that chance would have gone through. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's the captain of the national team and I just don't know if he's leading the team to the, keep up, to the standard that you expect of a captain, you know? Um, I want to speak about something that happened in the game that I think was a turning point for us is when Khalil Zadeh had to go off as as as, as an injury because he had I think he had a chest injury. I don't know what actually what the injury was, but it was something to do with his chest or his, his abdomen. Um, he had to go off, and obviously uh, RF Kolami came on. Now I will say um, Shoja actually had a decent game when he was playing defensively. He was quite solid and actually did protect our back four quite a few times. Having said that, he had to go off. And uh, Paul Ami came on at right back. Pejman, why? Why did he bring on Paul Ami? I mean, your, your, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I mean, all of the SRL players have been doing quite well in the league. Uh, so the, it means that they're getting regular playtime. It means they're in good shape. Uh, it probably means that uh, they believe in themselves and giving a call up when you're playing regularly. Hopefully, it means that the good quality they that they show in SRL also can be shown in the natural team. And we've seen that several times during like all of the coaches uh, Iran have had last 10, 15 years. That being a good player in the league doesn't mean that much anymore. Because it's different to play Messe, Rafsan John, or South Korea, uh, Nasa Jemo Zandaran, or Japan, or even like uh, Iraq or UAE. And uh, I think that's something, it's good for them to get some minutes against tough opposition, uh, but RF was thrown into the wolves in a position that he's not used to. So we shouldn't blame him that much to be honest. Mm. And South Korea was doing a good job getting back in the game after yeah. the good 15, 20 minutes that Iran had. So I, I, I don't want to blame him for anything. Yeah, look, as I said, on, on the spaces after the game, he came in, he's been, he's had, he's had an ACL injury a couple of months ago and he's coming for his debut against South Korea away from home in a position that he's not used to playing. I just don't see why Skocic and his staff put a young player in that position. It's not fair on him, you know, to put him in that position. It's just, it's not fair. And and I question the, back to the squad list we were speaking about last week, why is he not brought in 
uh, an actual right back to replace Maharami. Why did he need to play a centre back there? Not not to say that Khalid Zadeh was bad. He was decent, but he had injury problems. Khalid Zadeh, which obviously it backfired when he got injured, and then he had Ismaili Far on the bench, but he didn't trust to bring him on. I just don't see why you'd call him up then. I don't see what kind of message that sends out to Ismaili. Yeah, but what one thing, Arya. Let's not forget that this is not anything new. I don't know how much we should blame Scottish for this. Uh, in the World Cup, page one one today, what was a right back? Yeah, and yeah, we course. know that uh, he usually plays in the, in the center. Montsup uh, Ganji was like a defensive midfielder before, you know, getting back in, in, into the back four. Yeah. So playing in, in a different position that, that you're used to, the modern football can accept that or we can accept that they can play that in those positions. But I do agree with you that uh, a natural right wing should be uh, well, it's in also, the consideration. It's also, my Montezelli was an experienced footballer. <laughs> you know, well, Kona made his debut. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real shame that that happened. But, you know, um, that was definitely a turning point in the game. And of course, the goal was scored. Um, not long after by Hyung Min Son. Uh, obviously, um, absolutely rifled it. But we will come on to this in, in a second. Um, it should have been saved by Abizadeh. And he didn't save it. He fumbled it. He, he didn't. Maybe it was deviating. We can make excuses. He didn't, he didn't save it. And it's, it's not a good look for him. Uh, it's not something I was expecting from him, to be honest with you. Um, and obviously, on before the goal, before the even the shot was placed, uh, Ahmad Nurlahi just diving in for a tackle, letting the Premier League striker pass them. Uh, Arya, um, why why do we have to make mistakes like this in a key in a key game? Many reasons: not enough experience, stress, anxiety. I don't know stuff like that. Obviously, if you would. If you had a time travel machine to go back, I highly doubt that Nurullah he would have done something like that, right? Uh, and it's it's split it's, second, know, right? It's split second decision. Exactly. It's like he's he's in that sense where like he's like, oh, should I go for the tackle or should I not go for the tackle? He goes for the tackle, probably instantly regretted it, and yeah, led to the goal. And like you said, it was obviously his fault. Unfortunately, he's not the type of keeper to let those type of shots in. But it's one of those instances where you just have to accept it. It happened and you can't get sad about it. It happened. It happened. Yeah. Uh, Pejman, the, the debate goes on, doesn't it? The debate goes on about, is it Bayron Van? Is it Abiz the When do we ever stop with this debate? As soon as Bayron Van gets back to uh, regular playing time, the debate should be relevant, at least. Um, our third goalkeeper is changing all the time. Uh, Payam Niazman not getting any minutes in Portugal, making it difficult. Uh, I like Hosseini, uh, the, our third goalkeeper. Uh, but we know that the, the third one is, is not the one we should put our energy on at this moment. So Abizade, he made a big, big mistake. Uh, and uh, he made a couple of really good saves though in the beginning of the second half. But yeah, you, you, you can't make that mistakes uh, if you want to be a starter for a national team. So uh, Abed Zadeh maybe could play the last game because it's not important for Iran in that case. And Iran is in uh, playing at home. So 
why not even try the third goalkeeper for real? Why not? I have a little thing yeah. to say on that. Mm-hmm. Personally, from my viewpoint, it's just who the better goalkeeper is at the moment. Abed Zad is just, quite frankly, more in form than Baron van Diz. So I understand yeah. Skocic's plan to put him into the national team for him to start. It does make sense to me. Um, I think what Amir Abazada has given us uh, an, a different element when he's been in goals recently. I think he's he's really applied the distribution uh, well and he's helped us a lot. And I think even this game, there was a few times where he was able to pass the ball from, the, from his own box and really get us out of pressure, which is helpful. But obviously, he's a goalkeeper and the most important thing is to save shots. And he didn't do that. So the question mark remains as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we'll see what happens as the, the months go on. Um, before we get to, to speak about the, the second half and obviously the, the, the second goal as well, I want to speak about Milad Mohammadi. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. I, I'm really confused. I tweeted about it as well. Um, I'm a little bit worried for him. I feel like the, the last couple of years just hasn't gone his way at all, like in a really bad way. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's always been a, a, a good left-back for Iran and somebody who moved to Europe quite early on in his career. But he just hasn't shown us the same Milad Mohammadi that we used to think of as a potential, you know, um, you know fixed player for the national team. Um, Nura Afghan has come in and he's been more impressive than him, if I'm being honest. Um, Pejman? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you nailed it. Uh, that we, we expect more from him. I'm still glad he's, he's he decided to stay in Europe. He he gets regular of minutes in uh, Athens in Greece. So uh, maybe we just like under overestimated how good he is. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, he's been struggling in national team. Maybe the way that Iran plays doesn't suit his kind of, uh, kind of you know, almost reckless way of uh, playing uh, offensively. It's hard to say. I'm not an analyst, but I think we need yeah. him still. And I'm sure he can contribute uh, like the way we expect him to do in a short matter of time. I mean, you can see the players were getting frustrated with him in the first half. I think Osmoon kept on, you know, telling him to just stop playing down the line. You know, he's playing the ball down, down the line to Amiri and it, it wasn't working because South Korea were reading that pass and there were times where he could have played into Osmoon's feet. And I feel like um, maybe he's just, he's just being too cautious. Maybe he's made a little bit too many mistakes recently in his career and now he's becoming a little bit too cautious doesn't want to make the same mistakes. He's being too too simple, and I think sometimes when players become uh, too simple and they want to, you know, uh, hold back from doing risky things, they actually make more mistakes as a result. So you know, hopefully it doesn't happen. I want to I want to see Milad improve, but I think I think it's maybe time for uh, another to come in. Aria. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um. But I've, I've seen your tweet oh yeah, about Milad Mohammadi saying that he has regressed. And in the comments, a lot of people did uh, agree with you. And I also do agree. Um, because, you know, we all know Milad Mohammadi has that fast fallback 
that was very good uh, in, in Belgium and in, in Russia as well. I haven't followed him at all in Greece. I have no idea if he's doing well. And it, it's really sad to see his, it's going to be a little harsher, decline. Uh, but I still think he's useful for us. I think he's still useful for us. But I don't think he necessarily deserves to be our starting fullback from now on, if that's yeah. how he's going to continue. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, second half, uh, obviously, I think the reason why we're splitting it like this is because I think the first half was a different game to the second half. In the second half, we were very poor. You know, we gave away a lot of chances. We missed a lot of chances as well. Um, Aria, we, we we conceded a goal as well. And that goal we conceded, I think, was just like the, the final blow. I don't think Iran were ever going to come back from that. Um, and, you know, really, do we just think that ultimately Korea were the better team on the day or were we just not good enough? Yeah, 100%. I think Korea were better than us. They knew that ultimately, you know, we didn't have most of our starters. They knew that we wouldn't be as good as we were in the first game against them. They knew all of that and they took that to their advantage. Um, Paulo Bento knew what he had to do. They came in, you know, packed Seoul Stadium. 60,000 people, and they nailed it. And, you know, just hats off to them. I hate saying it. It really, really does bother me saying it. But they were just a better team that day. And um, But this is an opportunity for not only the players, but Skocic to now sit behind and, you know, think about, you know, what, what's going to go on with, with, with the national team from now on if we've played like that against our only real opposition with no disrespect to the other countries in our group. What will happen in the World Cup? You know, we can't play yeah. like this. And even though, again, there's a huge factor. A lot of our players were missing. But for me, that's still not an excuse. Even with most of our players out, even with a couple of players out, we should still be able to mm. do well against a team like Korea. Yeah. Pejman? I, I understand the narrative that's in the first really hard game for Scottish, he failed and therefore he should, you know, uh, his credibility was kind of on the, on the line in this game. It's a bit, bit harsh, in my opinion, to, to have that kind of uh, uh, thought. But I, I understand it. I understand where that comes from, to be honest. But uh, let's not forget that Iran, this is not the first time Iran played and lost uh, kind of badly against a team that is similar to Iran or maybe that we accept a better kind of end of the game. So uh, I have no problem saying that South Korea were the better team and were smarter, they were faster, they, they took advantage of Iran's mistakes. They were able to force Iran to make mistakes. So let's give credit where credit is, is due, you know, uh, I think uh, they could have scored a couple more goals. And Iran, let's not forget as well, they had a couple of really good chances. Uh, and uh, Iran have been quite lucky in the qualifiers so far. Mm-hmm. Lucky in the sense that uh, the, they've been managed to, to score goals like late or uh, taking advantage of opportunity. There wasn't really opportunity. So uh, for the last game, 
uh, South Korea were the better team, but Iran could have scored a couple of goals and then everything would have changed. As we said yeah. in the beginning, Ehsan Hoshafi should have passed Bonizade and in the 15 minutes, Iran would have taken the lead away. Yeah, um, look, I mean, for me, if I'm being honest with you, Korea were, were very good. I mean, they kept possession uh, f- really well. You know, they, they passed the ball very well. Um, they created some good chances, especially on the second goal. You know, there were the if you, I mean, from a Korean perspective, that's a fantastic goal to score. The the play is really good, and Iran uh, defensively just could not handle um, the speed of play of the Koreans. You know, they were so quick, um, and the worrying thing for me is, and I, I get, I come back to the whole thing of okay, like ultimately, yes, we we're missing players, but this is a COVID-19 era. We're going to miss players in the World Cup. It's going to happen. So we have to have a, a good level of depth about our team. Um, we're going to face teams better than South Korea and potentially you're going to miss a couple of key players as well at the World Cup. If we perform like that with the and with players missing, you know, if Tara Mee, for example, can't make one of the games of the World Cup, that's a big worry sign for me because... As a national team, you should be able to to have a good level of depth. And Iran, I think, over the last eight years has been able to to gather a decent pool of players. Uh, and I'm I'm a little bit concerned that even with that, we're still we're playing at a standard that just isn't good enough. I I actually didn't expect that, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm worried, but I do think that we still have a strong core of players who will come back in and really uh, improve us when they're back. But we need to have strong players on the bench and to be ready because uh, it will happen in November. Um, of course, as I said, uh, Young Guan Kim scored the goal. Uh, that was pretty much game over. We had a couple of chances towards the end of the game. Uh, Sayad Manesh came on. He actually had a, a quite a good performance. I think him and Mehdi Poor came on, had a had a good performance in the second half. Sayad Manesh uh, crossed for Osmond. Uh, header, um, you know, good save from the goalkeeper, you know, straight at him, really, to be honest with you. And then, obviously, Sayad Manesh missed a chance towards the end of the game as well. Um, you know, uh, Pejman, how how crucial is it that we can f- finish our chances with the, the, the lack of autonomy? Of course, it's really important because against better opponents, such as South Korea, you maybe only get one or two chances during the 90 minutes, and it's important to make the best out of it. And I do believe that Sadar Osmoon is, is a really good option for that. Uh, he, he is a really good striker in the box, and he's, uh, as we mentioned a lot of time, his partnership with Toremi is crucial for us. Uh, and I think that Iran, the best Iranian team with the best players in best shape and doing their best games of their lives, they can score against any team, any natural team in the world. Uh, I do believe so. So uh, it's really important that this core of uh, good players can continue to progress together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously on top of that, um, you know, we've got a question from Twitter from at Conscious Flesh. He's asking, um, you know, what was the obstacle 
uh, from getting the ball to Osmond because obviously he was isolated pretty much for the full game. Uh, why why could we not get the ball to him? From what I've seen from Osmond recently in the Bundesliga, it seems that he is not in his top form whatsoever. Um, he's been, quite frankly, terrible for Leverkusen. So it doesn't help having a striker that is up top alone, out of form with the national team. It's not going to help. And we can see throughout the whole game he was struggling. And and it doesn't help when you're playing against a team like South Korea in a, in a game where you pretty much have to win. Everything is on his shoulder and it nothing happened from him. And I think people were being very harsh on him. I've seen a lot of criticisms um, to him over the past few days that, oh, you know, where's the Osmoon that we all know? Where's the Osmoon that you know, scores two, three goals a game? When a player is out of form, and again, he's had COVID injuries and all that stuff, it's not going to help him. So it's a little bit an individual part that comes into play that he's not good enough right now. Right. But on the other side, you know, the, just the whole team in general wasn't that great against Korea, right? And when that happens, of course, the striker is going to be isolated. Of course, he's not going to be able to do anything. So I think it's a little bit of, of both. I think I think what he's trying to ask in this in his question is is more from a tactical point of view. Uh, I think if you look at the game itself and actually the lineup that he played, he played Amiri and Rolizade pretty much alongside him, you know, on the wings. You know, neither of them realistically are, are strikers. They're never going to be strikers. They're always going to be you know, at, you know wingers. They're always going to be you know deep deeper players on the pitch. So the problem really ended up being. He had no one next to him, no Taremi, there was no Saad Manish, there was no Kani Mansaj, but he was all on his own. And uh, the South Koreans were just free to mark him and just, you know, let him uh, get on the ball. When he, when he had knockdowns, no one was there to receive them. And ultimately, he was all on his own. And when you do that, I think from a coach's standpoint, I think that's it's not good. You know, he, he, he it's happened before, Osmond. He's played on his own. And it didn't work. It actually happened with Taremi as well. Uh, I think it was against Syria. It was on his own. It just didn't happen. There was no support. And when you have the likes of Hoy Safi behind them, you have the likes of Ahmad Nurlahir behind them, who aren't necessarily attack-minded or quick enough, how is he ever going to get support? You know? And I just feel like as soon as Alayar came on, it happened. It, it was great. But before that, there was just nothing. You know, it was zero. And uh, I think uh, I think that's that's a big coach's mistake for not recognizing that, um, and you know just leaving your striker isolated. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Osmoon isn't a player that can play alone. We've seen at Zenit, he's usually always paired up with um, Artem Juba uh, at Leverkusen. He's been paired up with I mean Adli Schick in the future, and yeah, like you said, it's Kocic's fault on that and. Maybe next time he's actually going to know what to do now. Well, of course, we, we missed out. We didn't have Taremi for this game, so it's not easy to replace him. But I think I think Aloyar should have started, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Page, want anything to add on that? Uh, no, I think it was no. a good analyze. Okay. I agree. Per- perfect. Okay. So, last point I want to make before we move on to the Lebanon game. And I think this is a question that I think a lot of people want to see answered is should Skocic be sacked? And would it and would it actually make a difference if he does if he if he gets sacked, Pejman? 
What a stupid question from whoever said it. Can can we say so? Sorry for actually it's a Twitter we, question. We got a lot of we I'm not gonna name anyone because we got a lot of that those questions on Twitter. A lot of people are asking about who should he get sacked, you know, would I even make a difference, etc. No, of course he shouldn't get sacked for this one game. Uh, why should he? I mean, he don't have the trust of a lot of people, whatever. That's not important. Um, this is the first game, a game that wasn't important for Iran. And he lost against uh, one of the toughest opponents in Asia in in a okay loss that we have talked about. Should he get sacked for that? Then this is not the Iranian league where they sack the coaches all the time. I mean, they have to think outside their box. That They're so petty-minded, in my opinion. So, no, let's just move on. I mean, it, we've got eight months to go to the World Cup. Like, you can't be sacking your manager eight months out. In my opinion, you've got you've you've, you've it's too little, too late. If you were if you're gonna sack someone, you would do it a year, maybe two. You know, maybe you know, I'm gonna say ten months. But before, after that, it's done. You need to keep. You need to go with it. You know, it's the federation's yeah. responsibility. Is that like the thank you for? Saving Iran in a crucial moment when Mark Wilmot's um, yeah, exactly. almost lose the, the World exactly. Cup spot? No. I don't think that would be fair on him, especially the fact that you're right, he's taken us to the World Cup and ultimately we were in a bad, we were in an absolutely worse situation a couple of years ago. You know, we lost to Iraq, you know, uh, really badly. And we got, we got out of that. But obviously we're not in a great situation, but I think we can't just disregard what's happened these you know, these qualification matches. Um, Aria? I don't know. For me, it's mixed feelings. On one hand, I want him out. On another, I don't. Because it is it is quite late to, to sack him. It's true. But on the other side, I keep asking myself, would, have, would Iran have survived if we were in the other group with Saudi Arabia, Australia, and Japan? But who cares, man? Under who cares? Who, who cares? It's not no, important. I... Iran wasn't in the other group. Iran wasn't playing against Japan, against Saudi, against China, Vietnam, Oman. Doesn't matter. But we're going to uh, be in the World Cup with teams that are going to be harder than that. Of course, of course. But it doesn't matter. His job was to take Iran to the World Cup, and he did it by more or less winning all the games that he, he needed to win. Iran lost uh, away from South Korea. Italy... Italy lost at home against North Macedonia. Okay, I mean, so should everybody get sacked all the time? Japan yeah. lost at home against Oman in but like they, the first but they or bounced, second game. But they bounced back from that. They're first in the group now. But I know, but I'm saying that you, you can't just sack somebody because of a of a loss. The Oman win or Japan's loss against Oman is. Is much worse than Iran losing away yeah. from South Korea. Mm-hmm. That's Let true. Make a little point here. Are we becoming a fan base that can't even take losses? Like, is it because does it get to the point where as long as, long as we lose a game, as soon as we lose a game, oh yeah, it, you need to sack the guy. New, new coach comes in. You know, it happened to Wilmots. Okay, the way we lost with Wilmots, the, the the time it was, it was really early on in the qualification. That makes sense. For me, that made sense because also he was on a ridiculous wage. But with Skocic, he has actually proven a good amount that he can do decent with the national team. You know, decent is probably a little bit of an understatement. He's done quite well overall. So to then sack a guy after he's won 
almost all his games. He's only had one draw against South Korea and one loss against South Korea. Okay, but ultimately, he's done really well. And then to say he's going to sack him, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like, if that was anyone else, they would be. Sh- I would be shocked. If just, just because it's the Iran national team head coach, we're okay with it. I think that's ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and as you guys mentioned, half of the starting lineup was missing. I think if we had all our best players against South Korea, it would have been a different game for Iran. 100%. Uh, 100%. So, like, totally, maybe one of the best strikers in Europe at the yeah. moment. So His lineup with Osborne. 100%. And definitely, definitely. If if, if if it was different, if it was different, if we if we had Osmo, if, if we had Taremi and Osmo up front, I don't see why we can't score, why we can't at least score a goal in this game. You know, we we had chances. You know, we did. It's not like we didn't have any chances. We, we did create chances, but we just didn't take them. So, is what it is. But Arya, you said if the fan base is kind of becoming. You know, very um, persistent on sacking a manager yeah, after, emotional. after a loss. Yeah, emotional. Personally, I kind of do relate with that. Being a Bayern Munich fan, you're not used to losses. And it switches on to national teams, right? I know you're an AC Milan fan. I'm sure it's the same for you. Yeah, We're not used it, to it. But We're no, not used to it at all. The thing is, uh, the thing is, it's, it's not because of that. It's because it happened, it happened to Wilmots. Wilmots got sacked straight away. And mm-hmm. they think that just because he got sacked straight away, now he can get sacked as well. Like, come on. Like, he's just won, like, what, 17 games in a row? Like, I, it doesn't matter the opponents. It's national team football. That is, that's as good as it's going to get in Asia. We're not gonna, we can't uh, man- manifest better national teams in Asia. That's the best it's going to get. So whatever he's had in front of him, he's won those matches, regardless of performance, which I'm not, I'm not going to get into because I do actually think we've performed quite badly in some of these games but ultimately we've got the results and i think this is a results business and if you do if you get results you can't just sack a guy for that even if you don't agree with his decision making or call up lists or whatever it may be and i'm actually one of those guys i still don't agree with the 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 the, the sacking of a coach who's won so many matches anyway let's move on from this topic um Let's hear from our, our friend Ali Zanedine from Lebanon Football Guide, who spoke about the Lebanese camp ahead of the match on Tuesday. All right, I'm joined by my good friend Ali Zanedine from Lebanon Football Guide. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Glad to have you back on uh, for the, the final match of the, the qualification in our group. Uh, of course, um, speak about to, speak about the, the Lebanese team. Any team news going into this game on Tuesday? Uh, and any injuries or suspensions? Uh, we have no suspensions or injuries, but we have a player back who is Rabi Atay, one of our key players. He was suspended for three games after the Arab Cup, and he'll play this game. Uh, we'll be missing uh, the players who, who missed the Syria game, like Basaj Radi and Hassan Matouk. Of course, they are also key players. Uh, Felix Melki and Alexander Melki, too. Uh, one of our Two of our best players, I think, because of the of their absence, we lost this uh, this game. This not just the result, but this performance too. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know, the last time we played against Lebanon, finished two one to Iran. But you know, the, the last two goals Iran scored were in the last you know five minutes of the game, and it was uh, 
uh, it was a difficult game for Iran. Uh, Lebanon really, uh, you know, they, they you know they scored early and then we couldn't uh, uh, score our chances. But you know, obviously, you guys have lost against Syria three three zero in this last game. Uh, what is the emotion like uh, for the Lebanese team? Uh, let's say our hopes were not high. We should uh, win the Syrian game and then maybe get a point from Iran, or at least not <laughs> not lose in a big with a big result. So our hopes were not high to to reach uh, to have the, the third uh, place in the group, but we wanted to win, you know, the Syria game because we won also the first one, and we thought that. Uh, maybe because the Syrian, the Syrian team have a new manager for the third time in these qualifications. Uh, and we are okay. We have the good players. Even if we are missing some key players, we should have won the game. But uh, we're not just upset with the result. We are upset with the performance. We're upset from the, from the players and the coach. The media is really upset. The media said that uh, the coach... Uh, don't, does not have the courage to play in an attacking way. Yeah. Uh, even the Syrian game, the first one, if you watch the game again, we played the same way, but we had luck scoring our goals from outside the box. The, their, uh, their goalkeeper also made them some mistakes. So we just wanted to win this game and then go to play against Iran and maybe we, have, we, we get luck to get a point from there, even it's, it's very hard to, to get a point from Iran in Iran. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. Um, what are your your thoughts on this game on Tuesday and your prediction, please? Uh, <laughs> I'll say we're, we're gonna lose again. Uh, we just hope not to lose with a big result like like the same against Syria. Uh, we see that Iran are missing some good players like Jean Bach and Tarimi, even if, if, uh, if they are uh, as a substitute players. Uh, we are also missing our players. The thing is, it's not just about uh, the tactical things. Uh, the players are upset because of the result, because what happened in the game, not just with the result of the game, because uh, we think that FIFA will ban uh, Lebanon to play matches uh, inside or in Beirut because yeah. they had some a really bad atmosphere there. So the players are not happy. The coach is not happy. He said sorry to fans, the media, to the players too. Uh, we just want to like, finish these qualifications and get ready to the, for the Ashen Cup. Thank you very much, Ali. I appreciate the time uh, and all the best uh, for the upcoming Asian Cup. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad to be you. Okay, we're back. Um... Let's preview the Iran versus Lebanon game very briefly. Obviously, on Tuesday, we'll play it in Imam Reza Stadium in Nashad. Uh, how should we line up, Pejman? Obviously, we have actually Jahan Baksh and Tarimi back. I'm not sure about Quddus yet, but Tarimi and Jahan Baksh are back and Said and Muharami as well. So how should we line up? Uh, well, let's, let's feel the starting Lebanon as strong as possible due to the fact that we don't know when Iran's next game will be. There are, at the moment, no official friendlies booked. So Iran's next game will be in November that we know of in the World Cup. Of course, there will be some friendlies before then, but at the moment, 
there aren't any. So uh, let's feel the strongest players, in my opinion. If you want to change a position, change maybe the goalkeeping position. Uh, that would be interesting yeah. to see. Sure. Uh, or maybe some players that, you know, um, are on the, like, a couple of positions where the, the, the competition is really tough. No, like Shoja, Khalilzadeh, Kanani, and Majid Hosseini. There are three fighting for two positions. Yeah. But now that Khalilzadeh is probably off, it would make it easier for Majid Hosseini to start. So. And also, I just want to mention, Majid had a very good game against Korea. Just want to point that out. <laughs> point that out. Fanboy is alive. <laughs> um, Arya, um, obviously, as I said, we have players coming back and we could still finish first in this group. You know, South Korea, if they drop points against UAE, we can still finish first. There's, it's not done. We're, we're still got a chance. Um, what is the key to this to, to, vic- to victory? We, we, had a, we had a tough game against Lebanon last time around. We, we, we won the game 2-1. We scored a couple of last-minute goals. Um, but this is different. So Lebanon just lost 3-0 to, to Syria. Um, what do we need to do? Um, before I say what we have to do, that first Lebanon game, listen, man, I, I don't even know what I was watching. That was one of the weirdest games I've ever watched in my life, especially as in for, for an Iranian team. Um, but this time around, I think, you know, we've just come back from a loss. I think the players are sad, disappointed, and we want to finish this campaign off with, with a win, right? So I'm expecting us to just go in there, absolutely smash Lebanon. And like Pejmon said, I think, I think it's a good opportunity <laughs> to give... I think it's a good um, time to give our third goalkeeper a chance to play. Yeah, you never know. But uh, other than that, nothing really to to add to that. Uh, Pejmon, uh, what about you? What do you think of this uh, this match? How do we how do you win this game? Six zero. I hope it's it's time for that. I said it every game, but this is this is the one. Six zero. Yeah, I think I think we have to win really convincingly against Lebanon to, to please the fan base, first of all. But also, I think for ourselves, I think it's important that we, we win this game convincingly because I don't know how many friendlies the, the Federation are going to organise between now and November. You know, they, I said on the spaces, they have seven friendlies that they can plan between now and November. That's the allocated number from FIFA. If they plan five friendlies, I would be happy with that. But any less than three, I would be very disappointed. You know, they should try to aim for five. And even if they aren't the best teams in the world, I don't really mind. As long as we get good preparation games ahead of November's um, competition. Um, Arya, what's your prediction? Uh, maybe not 6-0. I think that's way too optimistic. I'd say 4-0. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that high-scoring game. I, I really don't know how the players are going to react. I, I would hope they're going to react positively uh, against Lebanon. I hope that the likes of uh, if it's Alayar starting or even um, maybe even Gorez are there again. I hope these players are are given the freedom to go out and really just show showcase some some talent. And obviously, they're going to play in, in, in the modern stadium of Imam Reza Stadium. So hopefully that kind of I don't know if that's going to boost or anything for them at all, but we'll see. Um, I think that's pretty much us there. I think we're going to do a couple of fan questions and we can finish off. Uh, first fan question comes from uh, at Amir PW on Instagram, also at Golden Scope on Twitter. 
they're both asking the same question. Uh, pretty much, did this game show that we have a lack of depth? Pejman? Um, yes and no. In some positions, uh, we have a lack of depth. Yes, uh, that we saw like one problem in both wings. Uh, and in the offense, it's almost the opposite. We have too many good players, but we need to make them sure that we can work together. But yeah, there is the, uh, 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 yeah, my answer is yes. I think not only did it show that, but it also showed that, you know, we're not as as comfortable defensively as we think we are. Because we did have a pretty decent defense, by all means. We had, in the day, we had Majid and, and Kanoni, who are, are two of our best. We didn't feel that comfortable at all times, you know. I think there's some question marks there, uh, for sure. We're not uh, all there yet. We still have to. There's a lot more to do, a lot more to organize uh, between now and November. Um, Aria, to be completely honest, I think you and Pejman absolutely smashed it. <laughs> there's nothing else to add yeah. for me. Well, the question for you, uh, Aria, is comes from at. Uh, at Behruz Iran on Twitter, he asks, uh, what has Team Meli to do in order to have a realistic chance of reaching the round of 16 at the World Cup? Um, ultimately, it all comes down to our group, right? Um, hopefully, the draw is going to be in our favour. But uh, I think, you know, a lot of the players that are in, in our current squad were in 2018. You know, they have experience, they've known how it is. And let's be honest, in 2018, we weren't that far off getting there right yeah one point one point one goal i mean i don't want to go back to the whole portugal miss but we were very very close to making it out of that group stage so i i wouldn't rule us out just yet um but again my answer to that would just be it it really all depends on who is in our group right uh, because we have to approach teams differently Right. I've got to disagree with that, to be honest, Arya. I'm sorry to do so, but I actually think it comes out into the preparation. You know, I don't really care who we get in the group, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, it would be nice to get an easy group, but ultimately, we're going to have to get ourselves prepared. And prepared that yeah, is for sure, for sure, for sure. I agree with that 100%. Than anything, yeah, because yeah. Um, in the last World Cup, as you're mentioning, we had a tough group. We had, South, we had um, Portugal, Spain, and Morocco. Morocco. But we prepared ourselves so well that when we got to Russia, we weren't like, we weren't just going to go out there and just go for a holiday. There was a real plan. There was something that we were building towards. That is the goal. The goal isn't, isn't reaching the second round right now. Right now, that, that was, that, that's the ultimate goal. But the goal today is, are we going to prepare ourselves properly between now and November? Is the Federation going to give us friendlies that are going to be suitable enough to prepare us as a national team. Sorry to cut off Pishman right there, but so basically the answer is to get more friendlies. For sure. Yes, we can, as Obama said. <laughs> and, how, and how we do that is, yes, uh, a good group uh, is crucial. Uh, having all our important players ready in good shape is even more important. Having good harmony, having good balance is really important in the squad. So, uh, if any time this is this is the time for Iran to uh, to qualify to the second round for sure. 
guys thanks a lot for that hope you all enjoyed the episode uh, don't forget to uh, check us out on our website at gozampodcast.com we will have an article before the match uh, on our website and we will do live uh, spaces on twitter before and after kickoff on tuesday uh, stay tuned uh, and follow us on all social media and podcast platforms and uh, see you all very very soon take care thank you guys My name is Saida Zatoley and you're listening to the Golbezan Podcast.